I just can't imagine my morning without two things. A cup of coffee and my favorite capital breakfast show. Dina and Talish, you're great. Best of the best. Each morning is really great and fun. Makes my morning so much better. Love you. This is Capital FM, Moscow, 105.3. It's 9 p.m. on a Sunday night. It's Capital FM, which means it's the very best news, views, reviews, previews and interviews in the world of sports. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Capital Sports. I'm Alan Moore and I'm coming live from Capital Towers here in downtown minus one Moscow. Now, we don't have double N with his wonderful magic digits. He's resting up at home with a kind of a bad flu, so get well soon, double N. We'll be uh, sending all our positive vibes to you. So in his place, in the hot seat, we have Andy Mack. Yes, the Mack is back and he will work his magic fingers to produce sounds of absolute delight here from the studio. Agreed, Andy Mack? Um, yeah, I'll raise a corona to whatever virus young Nazar has. <laughs> All right, Nazar, take care of yourself. <laughs> and he's, and he's just making fun of you, don't worry. Okay, okay. so what is coming on the sports menu tonight with us? Well, of course, we have EPL, English Premier League, but there has been one game, of course. The big game of the weekend was called off today because of Storm Kira. Yes, Kira, it's an Irish name, not Ciara. Don't say Ciara. If someone says Ciara... Slap them across the face hard. Knock out a couple of teeth if you have to. But remember, it's Kira. It's an Irish name. Okay, Kira, Kira, Key like Key. You open. It. Okay, anyway, you get you, you get my drift. Okay, so it is Storm Kira because of course uh, West Ham they were up in Manchester trying to save their Premiership status, but it was called off. So um, we're going to have to fight against uh, relegation. Another well, probably in about two weeks time. Okay, in part two then we're off to two men and we're going to speak with the editor in chief of Heart of Football, our man in Siberia, Andrew. Flint. We're going to review and preview both English and Russian football because, of course, the big talking point this week has been will Kokorin go or not? Is he going to settle for Zenit B or is he going to go to Sochi or maybe he'll go outside of Russia? Who knows? Because a lot of clubs are looking to try and sign him, including Lokomotiv Moscow and Rubin Kazan. Rubin Kazan makes a bit of sense, but we'll get to that a bit later. Okay. In part three, Craig Klein, the former assistant director of football with Fulham FC, he joins us for our final step into football's dark heart. Yes, he will. And if, if, you, if you've been listening the last three weeks, folks, you're going to enjoy this last little part because I'm telling you something, the stuff that he's, that he's, he's able to, to speak about here, it's unbelievable. Because remember, this is all on record. This is all being prosecuted right now and it's going through court cases. So there's nothing, um, you know, we're not prejudicing anything. We're just basically telling the truth and that's the most important thing, especially in sports. Okay. Uh, and in life, of course, as well. Okay, in part four, just after 10 o'clock, we're going to go over to that little man. I said, that's really wrong. That, I was going to say a little man. That's really wrong. Sorry. Alex B, he's joining us at 10 o'clock. He's going to talk Super Bowl. And of course, I know Kat Kenna said, well, do you know what? Um, the boys won't talk about uh, Shakira and J-Lo. We did mention they were coming up last week and I was like, what are those two old biddies going on stage for? Like, I mean, like, you know, I don't know. Like, at their age, they should be home knitting scarves or something. I don't know. Like, a, But anyway, that was, that's my bias. Um, I'm not ages, folks. It's just that they've had their time. Let's, let's let some uh, rock and roll happen. We'll also talk about some uh, trades in the NBA. And of course, there was a massive fight last night. The man who always seems to fail drug tests, but then seems to come back cleaner than ever, thanks to Yosada, uh, John Jones. He uh, set a record last night in UFC. Okay. Uh, in part five, our legal eagle, legal eagle, I had to get new teeth. Legal eagle, Isil Cody. She is going to um, 
talk to us because she ran her expert eyes over the Six Nations yesterday and today and of course boxing last night as well Kel Brook possibly in one of his final fights at 34 years of age um, she'll be joining us a bit later on we'll speak with Six Nations with her and finally we will have Andrew Flint back with us and we'll have some capital punishment now we might have a surprise guest a little bit later on we have to see how the travel arrangements work but uh, hang on so um, Andy why was that game called off today because it was called off not at last minute's notice but there's a lot of um, sporting fixtures being suffering from, from that this weekend correct? Yeah I think it was the wind that was the, the big factor um Surprising because obviously there's a, lot, there's a lot of modern stadiums now the way that they're built to accommodate yeah. with with that kind of weather. But uh, almost all of the Dutch fixtures were called off this weekend. Germany um, as well. Motion yeah, was called yep, off. Yeah, yep. there was one fixture in Germany called off today. Um, there was, I mean, the UK suffered. I think with a, quite a lot of sports today. There's a lot of um, a lot of events all called off due to due to high winds and uh, and effectively horizontal rain. Can we say? Can we say that like yo? A week ago, they uh, like Brexit passed and they left the European Union, and now it's kind of like this is the now end this of days. Shower of <coughs> um, yeah, it's kind end of, of day scenario basically. Well, I, I I almost thought it was when Christian Benteke scored for Crystal Palace. I <laughs> thought that was the Armageddon about to happen yesterday, but then Everton won three one, so it was back to normality. Yeah, it's good for Everton as well because I mean, it really, really like it's a great turnaround from them. Again, they got in. I believe the right guy at the right time, as in Carlos Ancelotti, because. I mean, that guy's a goddamn legend. I mean, he should never have been forced out of Napoli, but he was. But now at Everton, I mean, this could be glamour time for Everton very, very soon. Because looking at Sheffield Wednesday, or Sheffield United even, um, they're up into fifth. So they could be in Champions League football next year. That's just yeah. unbelievable. That's yeah. unbelievable. Like, I mean, there's so much happening in England at the moment. Both teams are really, really pushing it. I mean, that's Everton now surged up the table, or actually in touch with Europa League after that win. Um, and, Away. I mean... They were looking down rather than up they until up he in came seventh, in. Seventh place, no, eight, seventh, eight, eight, seventh place. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just put up my screen here. Yeah, they're, and they're only three points off Champions League. Yeah, so, I mean that's brilliant. Crazy when you think, you know, they were resorting to a managerial change because they thought it might be relegation on the horizon. That's it. We were speaking with with uh, people here, like with James Corbett um, from the Cooper Down Books and also he's work, uh, well, uh, like a lifelong fan of Everton FC and a journalist as well. And he was just basically saying that, you know. If everything, if, if things go bad for them, it could be relegation. But Ancelotti's turned them around in, in really, really double-quick time. Yeah, and I don't think he's really changed anything too much in terms of the tactics. I think it's coming in, being a calming influence to the players, giving them the confidence and just simplifying things again and making them do the things that they want to do, that, that they love, getting them, you know, one result brings two, brings three. And yeah, what a turnaround for them. Because even Moise Keane is actually looking like a proper player now because, I mean, the, the Italian international, he was looking like dross. But looking at the table, like, I mean, they're unbeaten in five with three wins. So they are climbing up. Sheffield United, of course, they won today, earlier on today, 2-1 against Bournemouth. Um, Bournemouth, now, they're, they're, they, they've won two of the last five games, but they are struggling. They've also lost three of those last five games. Um, good news for West Ham, of course. But uh, if you look at it, I mean, you know, Sheffield now, they're only two points off Chelsea in fourth place. And I was looking at Spurs to have a renaissance and chase Chelsea down, but it looks like Sheffield United could be closing that gap, even though they've one extra game played. So let's let's yep. fair let's, let's be fair to be fair. Um, Liverpool are on a little bit of a break, but they, well, as you know, they've won the league, so they're like you know twenty two points clear. Um, they could be going for hundred points. What do you reckon of you? Yeah, I think they'll they'll certainly get very close if they don't um, if they don't take their foot off the pedal towards the end of the season. If if it's all wrapped up by April and they're still in the Champions League, then I don't think Klopp will. Take the Mickey in the way that he has with the cup competitions, um, but did you I still th- win at the beach Shrewsbury. Well, that's not a great feat, is it? No I offense, know, Shrewsbury Town. Sorry. Deal. I mean, I 
we were we were in the studio of course when it was a two all draw and see the the guy that scored the two goals my my favorite jason cummings yeah, I, 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 yeah I won't say his nickname thank you um <laughs> didn't even start it. after scoring two goals unreal i didn't notice that i just thought but they had a goal they had one goal definitely chalked off through the var yeah so, yeah. I mean, okay, a lot of talk this week, and um, some people are discussing that VAR coming into Russia. Um, mm-hmm. I know, I know. That's good. like that is like that is open to dodginess straight away. But listen, overall, I mean, I mean, we, we talk about the application of VAR. Um, do you think that maybe the, the FA will actually move it from some little like you know grotty office like a hundred miles away, and actually bring it to the stadium? So basically, like in rugby, like in rugby, like when we saw like Scotland getting. Shafted by Ireland, they got like you know, and I mean, thanks. I'm sorry, but I honestly that that game <laughs> Ireland Scotland when 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 um, your captain was putting the ball down, I was like, yeah, fair enough. Like, and then all of a sudden, when you looked at immediately in the replay, it was like, oh yeah. god, no, 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 it was bad. He dropped the ball. Obviously, he dropped the ball and didn't yeah. put it down. Well, I, I think the difference here is that in rugby, the referees are asked that they go to the video. And they ask a specific question. Is there any reason I can't give this? Is there any reason, you know, was there contact? Was there a backward pass? Was it this? And it's kind of dealt with in maybe 10 to 20 seconds. He blows up and play continues. I mean, rugby's kind of stop-start anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, Whereas football is much more hectic and people continually want the play. And certainly when the the clock's constantly running with football, it makes a big difference as well. Um, but I think they do need to make some changes in the sense that um, in Italy and Spain, it's it's done in a different way. Sometimes you actually see referees now in Italy and Spain manipulating it. So they'll just give the decision and then they'll go and check it, um, which isn't great because they're, they're just they're already relying on video now to make a decision. But at least the referee almost immediately goes, checks the, the replay himself rather than waiting to some, for someone else to say, uh, I think you might want to reconsider that or uh, 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 it just takes too long. But you know what, like something that um, that I always wonder: will they bring it in? If there's an off the ball incident, now, folks, what I mean by off the ball is someone's like standing there, like you know, uh, away from the, fi- the the play. So the ball's going up to the other end of the field. Then someone walks up and just clocks him, like just smacks him across the head or something, you know. Um, and that, like that, is not covered in VAR. Not yet. But in rugby, it is. Um, but I don't think it has to be because if it's not picked up by the referee anyway. The, the clubs can appeal or the, the FA will look back at it if it has been highlighted and it's not been noted in the referee's um, notebook from, from the game. So it, it, they can still face a retrospective ban. I don't think you need VAR so much for that. But they have it in rugby, Andy. Because you can see it like you know, if someone's going down on the, uh, you know, on the ground and you see there's gouging or there's a punch or something like that. They, they well, this is the point. VAR is now meant to pick that up during play not afterwards because the punishment is going to affect the game if somebody's committed foul play they should be picked up and sent off during the game it's 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 of no benefit to the team that's having to deal with that on the pitch at the time of course so if you're going to use it do it during the game and yeah if if it's totally missed then the retrospective bans there but it doesn't benefit the team that no 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 it's, it's no that's no, it's a joke listen I'm look, looking ahead to, to the fixtures for next week because um, you know I mean I'm looking I'm, I'm looking at, at okay the league is gone the league is finished okay so like, let's put that away on um, on Friday evening Wolves are playing Leicester City okay so that's a, no, again another decent game two top teams Liverpool are away to Norwich on Saturday it's 8.30 uh, here in Moscow that's that's a cakewalk that's a cakewalk for, for Liverpool wouldn't it be um, yeah, you would think so. Norwich have kind of turned it around a little bit of late, but 
I don't think they, they have the kind of quality. If, if we roll back to that first game of the season um, at, Anf- uh, at Anfield, I thought Norwich started the game really well. They really took it to him. And I think that surprised Liverpool. Uh, this time around, that surprise element has gone. But, um, I mean, the last four games, Norwich have um, uh, won against Bournemouth. They obviously beat Burnley away in the Cup. They got a decent draw away at Newcastle and just got snuck out by Spurs 2-1. So they kind of picked up form, but I, yeah, you just expect Liverpool to have that extra bit of quality. No, that is fair enough. I mean, okay, talk about the um, the FA Cup, okay? Because uh, there was, did you hear about the exposure incident? Yes, I did. The yeah, the the windmill celebration, so to speak. <laughs> so, yes. um, can you just like tell? No, us I'm not going to. Oh, sorry, what? Well, tell, just, no, just not tell you. Do, okay. Not do it live on air. So what happened? So basically, Newcastle were playing Oxford United. Um, Oxford, they came back. It was it, they were. 2 nil down, 2 nil down, and came back through 2-2 yes. and then yep. lost in extra time. Okay, yep. So it was basically 3-2 in extra time. What did the fan do? Um, so I believe it was um, their French winger, San Maximin, who had scored an absolute belter and there was a very happy fan that had come down from the stands to the side of the pitch to celebrate and I believe he dropped his trousers and revealed um, um, what, the, what was lacking during the half-time... Um, <laughs> So basically, he, burger, then, burger he, he swung himself around. Yes, I believe he was doing some Part kind of, body, of anyway. windmill action. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, also, another news uh, on football. The player did react to it afterwards as well. I think there was a joke going around on Twitter. I don't think anyone noticed it on the pitch at the time. <laughs> But um, there's been a few jokes about the um, the windmill celebration. No, I, I, I thought it was funny. I thought, like, when I read it, I was like, oh my goodness. So they're, they're going to take um, uh, action against this uh, Newcastle United fan. Well, Newcastle United fans are a bit out there, though. I mean, they're a bit, like, mental, aren't they? I mean, in fairness, no they're, comment. Not, they're not well in the head. Not, I, no comment. I mean, it's up, it's, it's, well, it's, mind you, you've had to put up with Mike Ashley for that long. I don't think I'd be well in the head, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think... Oh, yeah, I, yeah. Okay, windmill celebrations. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay. Also in FA Cup replay news, uh, Spurs uh, got one over on Southampton. They won three two. Birmingham, they they, they beat their um, guests. I don't know. Yeah. Their tenants. They yeah, beat their tenants, tenants four one uh, on penalties after a two two draw. Uh, Cardiff City they uh, lost four one on penalties against Reading with three three after extra. Lots of goals in those midweek games. Yeah. That was just. I, I mean, I was watching just the highlights of the games. Terrific stuff. It was great yeah. football. It was really, really good. Real FA Cup ties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nothing to lose. Exactly. Um, well, except your trousers. Dignity. Probably your season <laughs> ticket. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> For any chance of a normal relationship. But okay. Uh, it was cold. That's all we can say. Uh, that's my excuse always. Didn't realise right. you were looking so closely. Uh, that's my excuse always. It's cold. It's cold. You know, the water is very cold. Okay, Derby County, they won 4-2 against North, uh, Northampton Town. Liverpool, of course, they won 1-0 against Shrewsbury Town. And as we already mentioned, Newcastle won 3-2 against Oxford United. Now, in the fifth round, which is starting in the first week in March, Portsmouth, they have Arsenal. Uh, of course, Portsmouth at home. Chelsea have Liverpool. That is going to be a cracker of a match. That's going to be a big, big game. Reading, Sheffield United. So, mm, that's going to be a good one as well. Uh, West Bromwich Albion against, who, of course, put out West Ham. <laughs> and they have the, the ex-West Ham manager, Stavon Billich there. They have Newcastle United. That's on Tuesday, the 3rd of March. Uh, on Wednesday, the 4th, there is Leicester against Birmingham. Sheffield Wednesday against Man City. And Spurs against Norwich City. And finally, on the 5th of March, Derby County against Manchester United. Andy, very, very quick before we go out to break, the FA Cup games have been played midweek. Is that is that demeaning the competition more or basically it's like just, you know, the way it should be? 
No, yeah, we, we, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I think it's the way it should be. Um, I think you need to have a replay um, because it's the tradition of the tournament. Um, it's also beneficial for smaller clubs. Yes, it's causing a bit of a fixture congestion, but it happens anyway throughout. I mean, we've got the, the storms at the moment. You can't really foresee that it's going to happen. No, no, and, no. you know, it's an extra fixture for fans, for, you know, but you, know, the you pay all that money to watch, to get, to go to games. Exactly. But the, fifth round, the, the regular game, like the first game, the fifth round games are all midweek. They're all midweek for the Monday, first Tuesday, one. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah. Uh, is it not bank holidays, though? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's a bank holiday weekend. No. No? But anyway, well, maybe this Monday is, but the rest of the week isn't so. Okay, right. Um, so when that uh, fan, we don't know his name, when he was running back up, he probably reveals something that our next song is going to speak about. Um, especially if he's from Newcastle, he's probably a fairly sizable chap. So, uh, a lot of people like this song, especially girls, because it reminds them of a very, very, um, I don't know, crappy vampire movie Andy you, oh, you know God, it is. don't you know say it is. this is my favourite again before you no it's not your favourite it's not your favourite because I've never even favorite. seen these movies there are a series of movies off of a series of books um, Twilight Twilight yeah. Yeah, yeah whatever yeah so uh, this is when they're playing baseball in the rain and all I the thought you said you haven't seen it no I saw the video <laughs> I saw the video and I was like kind of, oh come on but anyway relating back to this Newcastle fan so when he was running up the sand this is what could have been revealed this is Muse and Super, Bla Super Massive Black Hole <laughs> we're back after the break Sports with Alan Moore.
Начинай свой день с Capital FM и Dina Где бы ты ни был, даже в душе. Каждое утро на 105 и 3 FM. Снова синее утро. With Alan Moore. Okay, folks, I hope you were all thinking of baseball and not uh, a Newcastle fan fleeing from the scene of his windmill incident because that's kind of something that, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll keep you up late at night. It'll keep you... It, it won't let you sleep, will it, No, it's a black hole you do not want to go down. <laughs> yeah, because as we call it cat kind of rabbit holes, um, <laughs> nah, you don't want to dig into that at all. Like, you just leave, leave it be, let it be, you know? Uh, okay, uh, Andy, we've got some games going on right now, and some big games coming up later around 10.45, kicking off the Milanese derby with Inter and Milan, but there's other games going on right now. Yeah, so Lazio are winning 1-0 away at Parma. That puts them second one point behind Juventus, who lost to Verona 2-1 earlier in the day. Um, and top of the table clash in the Bundesliga is currently 0-0 after 66 minutes. Uh, it's Bayern Munich and Red Bull Leipzig. Okay. You know they're not Red Bull Leipzig, but we call well, them Red Bull Leipzig. Yes. Because yeah. a lot... Uh, uh, they had to change. for One of them had to change, didn't they, eventually? Exactly. And um, because... I was talking with, um, in, in Belgium, of course, this, uh, this weekend. I was speaking with a couple of journalists there, and we were chatting and said, they're forbidden by their editor from mentioning Red Bull. Yeah. Like, Red Bull Salzburg, yes, they can mention it, but whether it's like uh, RB Leipzig, they say, no, it's RB, RB. I said, but it's Red Bull, that's what it means. And they're like, yeah, but we, we're told not to say it. I was like, why? Well, you know, and then the guy just said, he was like, do you know how much Red Bull like, pay in advertising in our, in, our, in our station? I'm like, ah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. You know? uh, listen, um, before we go to uh, Andrew Flint, who's like freezing and waiting with his Insta coffee out there, because we have our, I've got chai masala and you've got your cappuccino. Um, Jack Grealish, okay? So he is going to move this summer. Of course, Jack Grealish, who kind of doesn't really understand the meaning of loyalty. Um, I'm talking as an Irishman, of course. Uh, he is, of course, playing for, quite well for Aston Villa right now, but he uh, wants to go to either Man United or Man City. And supposedly, supposedly, he's house hunting in Manchester. So what do you reckon, Andy? That... Well, he won't be today. No, he'd be blown away. Well, maybe, <laughs> who knows? Good, good on him. But what do you reckon? Is that, is that a good move for him? Because he's 24 years of age. He's, he, he has recovered from being a complete nutter dweeb um, where he went off the rails and so on and so forth like um, messed up completely but he is going back more into England reckoning and he, and he can score goals as well um, yeah I think um, Manchester City I'm not sure would be a great move for him because I'm not sure you'd get as much game time Manchester United could be the same but it all comes down to what they actually do in terms of their own midfield obviously they've got a lot of injuries at the moment by summer they won't but it all comes down to what they do with the likes of Pogba uh, whether they retain the likes of Mata, McTominay, etc., or the, whether they just have a total revamp and start again. Um, so I think he would certainly get game time at Man United at the moment. Man City, I can't see him and of um, course, making if, too much of an impact. Exactly. A, if, Pep, if Pep Guardiola is gone, also, yeah. so that, that, like, he'll bring him in. And then that has happened with many, many players before. Yeah. The manager buys him in, is then, then gone, and, then and that's gone. it. No yeah. one wants him. And a lot of it to do, we'll discuss it with Craig Klein in the next segment, a lot of it to do is with agents. Because I, I, I know that for a fact that basically the, the manager comes in, he has his, his friendly agent, he wants to get some extra cash in, he brings a player in and, you know, there we go. Right, we're going to uh, go right away to uh, Andrew Flint. Andrew, can you hear us loud and clear? No? No, Andrew Flint? No? 
Okay, he's we he can't hear us loud and clear. So uh, we're going to try and just get it back on the line right now. Um, okay, so another couple of like little small interesting things is that Raheem Sterling, because of course the Champions League is on in just back on in a couple of weeks. Um, Raheem Sterling says that he is going to be back. Of course, we know he got a, we know he got an injury, a huge huge loss for the English national team ahead of the Euros. Uh, but he says he's going to get back for that uh, tie with Real Madrid. Um, <clears throat> now, Manchester City, of course, there's all the talk about whether Lionel Messi will go to the Premier League next year or not. Of course, he's 32 years old. Um, He's, he's, he kind of has said that he doesn't want to leave Barcelona, but Barcelona have money issues and they're looking at, they, they want to move him off the books because basically 32 years of age, he said, well, we can get a bit of cash in from right now and, you know, they have some decent players, not a whole lot, but they've got some decent players coming through. Not, of course, of the uh, quality of Messi, but still uh, good enough, okay? So hopefully, uh, Andrew Flint, can you hear us? Are you on the line? No, Andrew. We don't have him. We don't have him. Okay. So we're going to try and get Andrew Flint back on the phone with us. Okay. So again, continue on that theme. Um, uh, we know that Daniel Rose, of course, during the transfer window, he moved from Tottenham. Of course, he's a very, very good left-sided uh, defender. Um, fell out of favour with Jose Mourinho. He actually said uh, before he went to Newcastle that he really wanted to impress Mourinho, but Mourinho just didn't see a place for him in the team. Uh, quite a good attacking uh, fullback. So he is gone to Newcastle on loan and now PSG yes Paris Saint-Germain they are trying to see what is going on with him now um, uh, Andy I just want to just ask you just one second uh, just for uh, kind of your opinion on it. so do you think that would, would it is it time now for Messi to come to, to the English Premier League can he make a difference and if so give me three reasons why Messi is needed in the Premier League uh, three reasons he's needed um I mean, in terms of quality, yeah, he would certainly be a massive, uh, a massive attraction for uh, TV rights, TV deals. Um, but I just can't see him doing it. I think he's at a point in his career where I think he'd be better sticking at one club, seeing out, being um, someone that shows a bit of loyalty. I mean, if, if you compare the two um, kind of superstars at the moment, Messi and Ronaldo, uh, Ronaldo's moved from club to club, joined, you know, across, played in different different leagues, challenged himself. But Messi, I don't think, really has to do that now at this stage in his career. Well, guess um, one, so he doesn't need to prove anything. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm counting, I'm counting. Well, the second one would be the, the, just the absolute attraction, especially if Stoke go back up into the, um, in, into the Premier League <laughs> to see whether he can cut it on a cold, wet, um, stormy night in, um, in, in the Stop. Midlands or the North. But um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't see it. I just can't see it happening. For the amount of money that you'd have to pay for him, um, and I don't know which club he would go to. Well, Man City are saying that they want to get him, and, and they're chasing him, chasing him, chasing him quite hard. But again, I can't see it, because financially, they would just absolutely, they just might as well stick a, you know, into the super massive black hole, stick, <laughs> stick a dynamite, that's it. Like, you know, they blow up the whole club. Okay, um, Andrew Flint, are you online with us? Can you hear us? Andrew Flint? No, no, no. Still no Andrew Flint. Okay, we're going to get back on the line. We're going to line. Uh, the other issue as well uh, that they're talking, <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, Gareth Bale, okay, so we know that kind of he's, you know, he's not really wanted. He, or he wasn't wanted at Real Madrid, but then he was and was and so on. He says he wants to go to Asia. That Well, he wanted to go to Asia in uh, this past, or last summer. Um, and his idea was, and this is true, that he, he, there was a video of him said that he, he wants or wanted, well, at the time he said, oh, he wants to make Chinese football great. 
Do you think he's changed his mind with the coronavirus? Uh, yeah, I'd have, I'd have thought so. I'd be surprised if he's looking to go there to make it great now. Uh, certainly, he'd be getting a great wage packet uh, if he did go. Um, I, I, I mean, the interest, there's been so many big players that have gone across to China already. I think um, if it was going to peak, uh, it, it would need a, a real, real superstar to go as opposed to, I mean, Bale, unfortunately for him, has faded away a little bit after a couple of really, really top, top seasons for Real Madrid um, involved Champions League final, etc. Um, him going now at this stage when he's kind of faded away a little bit. He made his return today, uh, played 70 minutes in Real Madrid's 4-1 win against uh, Osasuna. Um, but I don't think he's the kind of iconic figure that would make so much of a big, big difference in terms of attracting interest to it. I think, yeah. Yeah, I, t- I, don't, think, I don't think he's a global superstar. Uh, Andrew Flynn, can you hear us yet? No? No, Andrew Flint, still oh, no. Can. Oh, oh, you yeah. can. Oh, woohoo. Okay, that is good news. Okay, Andrew, <laughs> listen, we're speaking about um, uh, Man City, like looking to try and get um, what you call him, uh, Messi. I mean, do you think, like, do you see that, that, that could, first of all, could that happen? And do you think that maybe United should go and try and break the back and get him? Um, in one word, no, I don't see it happening. I know people will look at Manchester City's sporting directors with their links to Barcelona, um, but I don't really see why Messi would be motivated to go there. I know he's a bit frustrated with um, Eric Abidal at the moment over there, but that's the sort of story that you'd imagine will be dealt with fairly shortly. Um, it would take a ridiculous amount of money, and yes, Manchester City... Yeah? Imagine guessing him, I just think it's... Nah, no, no chance. Okay, I mean, just to stay on the team of Manchester United. Um, there was uh, Bayern Munich, of course, were linked, uh, and they spoke about it um, just this, um, yesterday uh, about getting um, Cristiano Ronaldo because his agent was kind of like uh, Jorge Mendes. He was trying to push him to to Bayern. Bayern said no way because he's thirty five years of age, and then photos surface uh, of did you see um, Ronaldo doing his leg kicks, like his like flexibility and so on. They were saying like he he, he can put his, um, yep. his ankles behind his ears. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, um, he is an utterly phenomenal athlete. There's no two ways about it. But I'm saying athlete more than, more than football. I think he loves his own, uh, his own build so much. And I just can't see a club like Bayern Munich needing him. And yeah, like you say, he's 35 years old. He could still play very well at the top level for another. Yeah. Um, but the amount of wages, the attention he would bring, it just doesn't fit in. Um, Timo Werner is who I think Bayern Munich want to buy. Whether they will get him or not, I don't know. But I just Ronaldo's Bayern Munich makes makes sense for George Mendes and for Ronaldo and his and his <laughs> wage, but for not many other people. Well, that's true because I mean, if you're looking at it, I don't know what you think, Andy, but like Timo Werner, um, he's he's been hunted, of course, by Liverpool to come in this summer. Um, the German striker, he's, he's 22, 23 years of age, absolutely phenomenal player. Is it, what is Andy? Twenty three? Uh, I think he is twenty three. Yeah, but yeah, I'd need to double check. Yeah, that. phenomenal player, and um, but he's he, the, of course, he's playing with Red Bull Leipzig, um, and they're they're kind of um, you know. Liverpool would, would, would really need him in to strengthen up to, to retain the title next year, I believe, anyway. Um, okay, on a slightly separate topic, we were discussing this before we got you on. Um, Jack Grealish to Manchester United. What do you reckon? Because they were talking about that, you know, he might go to Man City, and he said that's a bad move for him. Um, and then supposedly, according to his agent, Barcelona and Real Madrid were looking to try and get him as well. And that 
con- total coswallop. Um, it's, it's nonsense, complete nonsense. But you reckon uh, Andy reckons that he'd be a good fit for um, for your boys? Well, I would have probably said fair enough had we not already gone for Bruno Fernandes. But um, I don't think there's anything wrong with Dracarilis. But I just he doesn't. I don't think he's got enough mental strength to to cope with the pressure that would come. And I'm not trying to say Manchester United are the best side in the world. They clearly aren't anymore. But the pressure that comes with the club is absolutely huge. Uh, I think he could get a move to a bigger club, but I don't think he's quite a top top level player yet. Um, he's you know he's taken him a while to get to this stage. You know he's not he's not twenty twenty one years old anymore. Um, so he's got a lot to prove from me still. No, that is fair. Yeah, that is fair enough. I I, I agree with that. Simon, uh, you know the field be after. Yeah, you're dead right. Listen, um, one just before we we move on to uh, Mr. Kilcoran, um <laughs> Marcus Rashford. Course is out injured at the moment. He is supposedly signing um, an, a management agreement with, you know who? Oh, no? it's not actually true. It's not Jay Z. That yeah. I read. Yeah, yeah. He signed. It, 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 it seems to have gone through. I tell you what, this is. This, this this to me smells exactly like a copy of Jerome Burting's deal with um, I've forgotten who it is now. Um, Jerome Burting's done so much promotion in the US, building up his brand over there. Oh my word! I'm not sure what I think of this, but I, I'm not overly happy. I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, for me, it was kind of a, it was an odd one like that that, that it came up, but it was like multi-million and so on. So, I mean, Rashford, I mean, good enough player, but like, I don't know, like you know, it's like Jay Z's Rock Nation, um, and of course they were behind the the Super Bowl and so on and so forth, as in the, the, the halftime. So, I mean. If if you want to see Marcus Rashford dance on the stage in a little short skirt and doing like a twerk, well, why not? Like you know, I mean, money is money. Money is money. At the end of the day, Andy, uh, who is Boateng? Who is he uh, doing that deal with? I think it was Jay Z as well. As was well, it not? I think it was. Yeah. Um, Price of all, it was the same deal. Of course, it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm fairly sure it, it was. It was just after the World Cup, wasn't it? Um, it all came out that he was trying to to do this kind of. Um, it was something linked to Germany and the, then there was the talks with Arsenal as well that were all happening at the same time um, but it was definitely something to do with PR and Jay-Z PR and Jay-Z Jesus Christ what's his name Jason? <laughs> no seriously Jay-Z I've, I've got no idea I mean you're Andy we call you Andy don't, Mack don't, don't ask me yeah, I, 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 I mean, good Christ almighty, Jay-Z needs a good kick in the backside anyway um, listen very uh, very quickly here before... we go his name is Sean Corey Carter Sean yeah Sean. <laughs> yes. Sean. Like, how's it spelled? S-E-A-N? Um, no. Uh, S-H-A-W-N. What? Uh, I'm sorry, but... Sean... Conf- confused man. Yeah, Sean, Sean is like... It's the Irish for John. Uh, apparently, his neighbourhood nickname was Jazzy, which is where Jay-Z has come from. Might as well for Jazzle, maybe. <laughs> but anyway... Um, <laughs> uh, listen, Andrew, Kokorin... Um, I, I read a very, very good piece and saw an interview with uh, Alexander Mosovoy, the former uh, Spartak and Russian international, of course, played in Spain as well. He said that Kokorin should get out, go to Sochi, uh, score six, seven goals in the remainder of the season and get into uh, Ceausescu's team for the Euros. I then read uh, Danny, of course, the ex-Zenit um, star, and he said that, no, that he doesn't understand what Zenit are doing, trying to get him out either to Zenit reserve team, playing in the second division, uh, yeah, the, yep. the FNL second division, or they were relegated, weren't they? They were playing, I think they are Division 2. Uh, Division two. Anyway, but uh, to, to go to Sochi. And he said that he doesn't understand what uh, Zenit are doing. He thinks that they're making a huge mistake. 
In in two quick words, Andrew, um, Cochrane, should he just like maybe look into Europe and get the hell out of uh, out of Russia altogether? Now, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I mean, he shouldn't have to. He shouldn't be in that position. But realistically, the the way that Zanita have treated him, I think they've treated him very poorly. Um, it seems they've sprung this upon him. It doesn't look like it was prepared or thought out at all. So, if I was Kukorin, I probably would use this opportunity. Um, but it shouldn't have come to this. No. I mean, Mamayev's doing quite well because he, of course, is out of prison as well. He's doing quite well. He's playing with, um, uh, what you call him, uh, with uh, Rostov, correct? Mamayev is playing Rostov and he's doing well. Yeah. So, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. And uh, it's, it's more than PR. But anyway, listen, Andrew, we're going to let you go. We will be back with you um, at, uh, well, we'll be back with Capital Punishment in the sixth segment. Okay, so that was Andrew Flint. Um, okay, we're going to go straight out to a break right now. This is MGMT and Kids. So back after the break with Craig Klein. Capital Sports. With Alan Moore.
Ladies and gentlemen, we are back live on air. Of course, I hope you enjoyed that last song. We've got a cracker coming up at the end of this uh, third segment. I know you're going to really be on fire as you listen to it. Okay, Andy, uh, any score updates there from around Europe? Um, still four minutes left now in the Bundesliga top top of the table clash Bayern Munich nil Red Bull Leipzig nil that leaves Bayern Munich top on 43 points with uh, Leipzig on 42 behind them. Lazio have seven minutes left uh, to to hold on to a one nil lead at the moment in Parma. And Sevilla one 0 up away at Celta Vigo. Okay, that big game tonight, the Milan derby. Uh, both teams, how how are they set in Syria? Ah, Andy, is this like a, a make or break game for both of them? Because you know, you've, Juve are kind of like you know treading water at the moment. So what what do you reckon? Is this a, is this a big big Milan derby? Yeah, this is absolutely massive for for, for Inter. Definitely, um, if if Inter win tonight, they're at home. Um, well, if you want to call it that. Um, they will go level on points with Juventus. For Milan, um, I mean, they're 19 points behind Inter in the league. Um, and with Verona having beaten Juve, that's moved them up into sixth. Milan are in eighth at the moment. They're, they've gone on an unbeaten run, uh, but they need, to, they need to keep up that consistency to have a chance of Europe. Okay, no, that is, that is fair enough. Um, and they've obviously sold their, um, their their key striker, Piatic, went in the window as well. Exactly. Which was a weird one for me. What What do you think of um, Mr. Ibrahimovic? Um, well... He's not doing too bad. Yeah, he's doing quite well, to be fair, and I think he's kind of brought a bit of a buzz back. But at the time when Piatic was there, you kind of felt to yourself they had too many players in one position. Um, and I have to say the young Polish striker who I think will take over from Lewandowski when he finally hangs up his boots. Um, it was a strange one for me, especially for 24 million. I think he could have gone for double that. Do you think there was, um, there were like add-ons that could rise up to 40, 50 million? I, I'd have thought so, but I can't see Hertha Berlin ever really breaking into the next, you know, the, the, the top three in, in the Bundesliga for a, at least a few seasons. Yes, they've been spending money. Uh, they've made a few signings. They've brought some big players in. Um, but I can't see them breaking that kind of monopoly between um, Dortmund, uh, Leipzig and, and Bayern for any time soon, really. I mean, Berlin have always been kind of like the, the, the poor neighbours like, of, yeah. of German football. I mean, they, they, they've been kind of like left behind for quite a long time. I mean, I've watched them play many different times and be in the stadium. It's, you know, they're just kind of... They're not, they're not all that. They're, yeah. they're not up to, up to reckoning. You know? I mean, they took, they, they, they took a heavy, heavy beating yesterday to Mainz, uh, which leaves Mainz now two points behind them. Uh, they're both a hurter of six points off relegation, but um, you know, in 14th out of an 18-team league, it's not great. Yeah, I know. Like, like, cause, having spent money. Yeah, and German football like, can't turn around very, very quickly like that. Like, you know, I've seen it with Eintracht back in uh, 1999. Um, also, before, we're going to speak with Alex uh, B about it as well in the next segment. Uh, the XFL, of course, kicked off. The uh, new super kind of world wrestling kind of uh, American football, of course, has kicked off yesterday. Well, actually, the early hours of this morning. Um, the DC Washington team, they beat Seattle 31-19 and Houston beat Los Angeles, uh, so two home wins, 37-17. Uh, now, re- received quite well. A lot of people were thinking, oh, this is quite good, it's quite fun. Um, and PJ Walker, who is playing for the uh, for Houston Roughnecks, um, 
difficult. He threw uh, uh, four touchdown passes. So people are going, this is actually not too bad. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of enjoying it. Now, today, uh, starting at 10 o'clock, um, you have the uh, New Yorker at home against Tampa Bay. And uh, then you have Dallas at home against St. Louis. Andy, would you, would you, tune, in for, would you tune in for any of these uh, XFL games? Would, would that be interesting for you? Do you want the honest answer? Yeah, go on. No. <laughs> That's very honest. Very, very honest. Um, probably not. Um, it, it, would, it would have to be a coincidence of time and everything for me to really, to really want to, to tune into it, I think. Yeah, because I mean, I, mean, I, 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 mean I, I wasn't aware... Well, I wasn't aware of it, actually, because I, I wasn't in Europe at the time uh, for the first incarnation of the XFL. But I might actually just stick it on and watch it because, of course, it's, it's been covered by, by ESPN. So they have... They, they have a reason to sell it, so they're trying to push it as hard as they can. Um, elsewhere, of course, because a lot of hockey is, uh, of course, of great interest to Russian fans in North America. Now, I'll speak KHL in just a moment, but we're trying to get Craig Klein on the um, on the line. And ESPN have started now a, discu- uh, sorry, a discussion whether Alexander Ovechkin, the Washington Capitals player and Russian international, is he the greatest ever NHL goal scorer? Okay, not score, but goal score, um, because he said he's just he's got six hundred and ninety eight goals. Now, a lot of people are saying yes, a lot of people are saying no. Tell us what you think. Plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three is Ovechkin. Is he the greatest ever goal scorer in NHL history? Now, I'm still going, um, looking at like. You know, Wayne Gretzky, of course, Gordie Howe was, well, I don't remember, but I saw him playing, of course, like just on, on video. Uh, Jeremy Jager, who's still playing in the Czech Republic. Brett Hull, of course, terrific player. Phil Esposito, Marcel Dion and Mike Gartner, they were all, like, have scored 700 goals. Um, but, of course, is Ovechkin, is he in that group, okay? So people are thinking, oh, I don't know. He, of course, he's now playing uh, 15 years, this October, 15 years in the league. Um, and I will ask Andy about that in just a moment. But in the meantime, a lot of the top uh, NHL writers are speaking about it. And they're saying, yes, he is. Okay, so Greg, uh, Greg Wisniewski, um, he is a senior writer with ESPN. He said, yes. And Ovechkin, a writer with ESPN, he said, yes. And Ovechkin is the greatest ever goal scorer. Okay, people who, who are... Uh, looking at the you know top hockey players and uh, prospects like say Chris Peters saying no no he's not he he's he's um, he's not near Mike Bossy or some of the other players like uh, Wayne Gretzky and so on as well um, you know I I don't know Andy like I mean Ovechkin is a huge star here but I mean can you even say the greatest ever goal scorer because they always said Pele scored a thousand goals in his career but like some of those goals were in like kick arounds in his back garden. Well, yeah. Um, they were, basically. Yeah, true. Um, I, I think a lot of the people that have claimed to have scored the, the highest amount of goals have had, you know, it's been in games where some of them were friendly, some of them were this, some of them were that. Nobody really knows. Um, greatest goal scorer, it's always a weird one. I, I think it's kind of greatest goal scorer, but the kind of lasting impact that they have, they've had at a club or for a country, or um, then, uh, then I think it really means something. Um, for Pele, when it was obviously South America and North America, um, nowadays we wouldn't look at it quite so seriously in the sense that, okay, he never challenged himself in, in, in Europe or anything like that. Um, but back then, that might have been different. I mean, the quality of Brazilian football or South American football was probably, you know, they're considered higher. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so, obviously, it's not a bad feat to have. No. I mean, I look at Ovechkin, so, of course... He's proved it at the top level uh, in the NHL because he's he's got longevity. He's doing well, but I mean, if you look at like football top like great goal scorers, or great players, 
I think it's always different because like if you look at um, some of the players who I would consider just absolute superstars like pure goal scoring brilliant you know, brilliant like Ian Rush in his first um, his first like time with Liverpool yeah. um, and not just I mean I, I always go back to Tony Cotty the West Ham player yeah. when he teamed up with Frank McVenny when he came down from St Mirren from Scotland playing for West Ham they were a brilliant partnership Okay, so the brilliant partnership did well and so on and so forth they were both good goal scorers um, but neither Cotty nor McAvenny I would say that they were great players they were like decent players they, they did well in their positions how can you define a great player? Well, in, in terms of off-field antics, I mean, McAvenny, um, you, you would definitely call great. Um, in terms of on-field, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, it's a really, yeah, as I said, I think it's whether, you know, they've had a lasting impact at a football club or a, an, an ice hockey team or nation, whether they're going to be remembered for uh, winning. So, so if you take Maradona in that sense, um, I think will probably be remembered more fondly or greatly, uh, greater than Messi in the sense that, you know, he won almost single-handedly a World Cup for them when Argentina didn't have a, a, a you know, a star-studded team. No. <clears throat> and I, then did the same at Napoli. Um, I, I think that is a sign of greatness. I, I, I agree with you on Napoli. Like, he had good players with him, but it was still when there was like limited uh, international foreigners playing yeah. in Syria and so on and so forth. However, um, and folks, just in case you're wondering, we are trying to get Craig Klein on the line. We just we can't uh, link with him. You said, but we will. Um, but if if you look at that team that won in 1986 the World Cup in in Mexico, I disagree with Johnny that that was a good Argentinian team. But they weren't really expected to get that far. No, they weren't. But they 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 beat good teams along the way. They beat a very good English side. Okay, albeit cheated. Um, what are you talking about? Cheated badly. Uh, but that was kind of the last um, great kind of World Cup when there, there were some good teams. Like you, the, the West German team, who were more remembered for a brutal assault on Patrick Batisson, yeah. the, the French, yeah. the French uh, attacker, when he was going through on goal and uh, Schumacher. Yeah. Uh, Harold, no relation to Michael, uh, had a massive collision uh, with, with Batisson. Not just knocked him out, uh, but like broke his... Jaw, teeth, and the whole like, Batistone never came back as good. And Schumacher, I mean, he was just the archetypal uh, German porn star from the eighties, like basically the big curly sort of like yeah. uh, blonde fro, the moustache, like the kind of yeah. Uh, you know, and and guy, he's kind of guy you see him. He sort of go out. Is like, he in your magazine as well? Let's leave that. <laughs> All right, let's leave that. Let's leave that. Peter P and Alex P, they shared that between yeah, them. You, yeah, exactly. But well, we'll <laughs> what, what they share that between them is sharing the magazine at the same time. Yeah, I'd be a bit worried. Yeah, I'm, I'm very worried. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so basically, that was a good Argentinian team. They had good players. So, I mean, yes, but they, true. I, I, don't, I don't think their team was... I think if you'd have looked at that at the start of the tournament, you'd have ruled them out. I, I think if you were going to uh, pick a winner, I don't Brazil, think there would have been. Were, Brazil were a winning team. I don't think they would have been in the top four. Um, no, I mean, I was I was too young at the time. I was over twelve at the time. But I, I do remember that uh, Argentina. The more they played, the better they were. And I remember they had uh, Jose Luis Brown, the, the midfield defender, and he was a terrific, terrific. His mother's from Ireland, and he he was like just no bias here whatsoever. No whatsoever. Fell in love, but, but they had a very very good team, and this was a team that were done absolutely done. Remember, because in eighty two, um, you're still just a, a young. I was, just, I was just a, a wink in my father's eye. I think. Okay, <laughs> okay. Again, we'll leave that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, so basically, in eighty two, 
uh, Argentina went out against Brazil and Maradona was sent off. So he kind of did a Beckham where he, where he actually jumped up and kicked a Brazilian guy. But he took such abuse, he was kicked up and down the field. But that was like a young Maradona when they were expected to, to go on and do quite well. Brazil then, like, flopped obviously in 82. Um, and it was Italy with their superpowers, <laughs> super drugged up players beat West Germany. Next year... Allegedly. Allegedly beat them or allegedly <laughs> super No, there was... Remember Tardelli? Yes. Scoring a goal? I'm sorry, but like Maradona did that in 1994. <laughs> that yeah. was done. Yeah. You know? And we know... it's off the, the, for the, a drug test within, what, five seconds yeah. of that full-time whistle? Yeah, and it's like his uh, urine burned through the, the, the glass <laughs> jar. Like, I mean, that was... Oh, that was horrific. Um, but again, looking at that again, so 19, you know, 1990, he, he, he drags... And not a great Argentinian team who lost their first game, remember, against uh, Cameroon, uh, were brutalised off the field. Brutalised off the field. You remember Canigia, was it? Yeah, Canigia, yeah right? Claudio Canigia Golden getting it. absolutely, yeah. And there was like three, three Cameroonian three tackles and then lining up and the final guy kicked them up in the air and his own boot flew off. He got a red card. But that's what the Cameroon team did. They went out um, under a Russian coach, by the way, and just literally brutalised brutalised Argentina who were the defending champions now, Argentina went on they got to the final lost to Germany were cheated out of by Germany of course West Germany at the time um, but if you look at it I don't okay bringing it back take a step back to the NHL top scores so <laughs> from where we started there's a wee tangent yeah, there somewhere yeah I, I, I kind of went off on a, on a sort of a solo run there for a moment but um, Wayne Gretzky he has uh, scored 194 goals okay from 1,487 games, okay, for four different teams. He's also scored, or given 1,963 assists. Now, that's something, because this is a guy, he was well protected by uh, the, the tough players in his team. Um, like, well, really, really tough guys, like, I think Ty Domi was one of them. And they protected him, but he still was unbelievably good. Uh, Gordy Howe, um, he had 1,767 games where he scored 801 goals um, and just over 1,000 points. Yarmi Jager, who of course is still playing, he has issues with, um, let's just say, he likes bookmakers and he, he has to keep playing. I think he's, I think he's 50-odd now, isn't he? Yarmi Jager. I'm not sure he's that old. He, I mean, he was quite old. He's he? older than me. Uh, he could be close, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he's he, older he, than me. He, he, he could he, be close. He's born, no, he's actually, oh, he's not 50. He's, he's, he was born in 72. <laughs> so he, yeah, so he's not over 50. Sorry, folks, my apologies. Yarmir, if you're listening, big, big hug. I'm very, very sorry. But Ovechkin, okay, for all the goals he scored, okay, so 698 goals uh, in 1,138 games, he's only given 570 assists. That's a selfish SOB. But that's what you kind of want from a goal scorer, is it not? No, you want a playmaker as well. I mean, Gretzky was scoring goals for fun and he was laying Therefore, up goals for is, is that what makes him a great scorer? Oh, I don't know. That, uh, look, okay. So, again, do number of goals scored, did that, does that count? As to make a great player? Yeah, I think so, because that's, that's what the sport is all about. Largely, is team with the most goals wins. So, therefore, <laughs> it's pretty important. So, yeah, I think um, in terms of a great player, you look at players that was, you know, very selfish in any sport that are the, that that's what they're there to do. Um, so I think, yes, it's kind of the glorified version of being a great player when you might ignore, like, you know, Lev, Lev Yashin, for example, being the last sort of goalkeeper to really get global recognition for, for it. 
but the goal scorers, you know, there's a lot of pressure on them, different kinds of pressure on them. So I think, yeah, okay. if, if, if they are achieving or scoring that many that it's, it's that noticeable, it stands out in records, then I think they have to go up there. Okay, that is fair enough. All right, folks, we're going to go out uh, to the break. So this is a favourite one. Uh, this song is a favourite from someone who's listening in. So just enjoy this now. Just like chill out, enjoy it, have fun. Set up for the next week. It's going to be a great one. So we're going to go out to the break. We're going to come back with Alex B. All the way from Ontario. This is Kings of Leon and Sex on Fire. Back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. 